Stand by. Hello and welcome to the Lackadaisical Libricubicularist. And now your host, Jordan Maywood. Hello! Welcome to the Librocube. I am Jordan Maywood, the Lackadaisical Librocubicularist. Today is Monday. Oh, it's Monday. Uh, November 26th. Monday, of course, within the Libro Cube, means it is Movie Monday. Where we discuss, you guessed it, a movies. See how that works? Today's sponsor is Mama Cass's Crab Grass Gas. Once again, that is Mama Cass's Crab Grass Gas. In this age of uh, skyrocketing gas prices, the technology of biofuel is becoming a reality. Mama Cass's Crab Grass Gas takes this into consideration and has developed quite possibly the most efficient biofuel ever known in the history of the universe. So, stop on by and pick up some of Mama Cass's crabgrass gas. Let's uh, start off uh, Movie Monday, as I always mean to, and hopefully have never forgotten, with saying that there will most likely be spoilers. Um, also, when I say most likely be spoilers, there will be spoilers. So, just to, just if you thought when I said most likely, maybe you thought to yourself, well, you know what, I'm going to take a chance. Maybe there actually won't be spoilers. Well, you know what, there will be. So, don't take that chance. Protect your ear holes. I uh, was supposed to uh, have plans this weekend, but a whole bunch of, let's just uh, use the word shit, happened. Which... Uh, if we learned anything from the movie Forrest Gump, we know that shit happens. So, it's going to be a full-fledged movie Monday, whereas last Monday, I only watched, was it three movies? I think it was only three movies, so we did a half episode. But, this movie Monday, I watched six movies over the weekend. Yes, six movies in one weekend. Do I have a life? Yes, it's a damn good one. I get to watch six friggin' movies in one weekend. How awesome is that? So, the first movie that I watched um, is the first movie we are going to talk about, which is a win-win. <laughs> That's funny because, well, it's funny for me, probably not as much for you, because the movie was called Win-Win. Uh, starring a Mr. Uh, Paul Giamatti, who, uh, is he Italian? Because isn't Giamatti an Italian name? I guess maybe it could be Greek name. Yeah, he does look kind of Greek, doesn't he? Anyways, I'm a big uh, Paul Giamatti fan. On the uh, on the podcast uh, Comedy Bang Bang, I know this isn't Fry Internet Day, but I have to bring it up. Sometimes they have a uh, fake Paul Giamatti come on, and he's friggin' hilarious. Uh... The movie Win-Win is about Paul Giamatti, who is a lawyer. Alright, so far so good. He uh, is having sort of a tough time financially, and 
one of the cases comes up in which he decides to become the ward after this old uh, old man, old dude, uh, because he will make, uh, I think it was a month, uh, $1,500 a month to do so. Now, he explained to the judge that he would keep the old man in his house and kind of look after him, but actually ended up putting him in a home. It was a nice home. It was not a crooked 60 minutes home, but still probably not the nicest maneuver to uh, tell the court you're going to look after a guy so you can have the $1,500 a month and then just put him in a home. So that's how we start off. Paul Giamatti, kind of a not-so-nice dude for doing this. On the other hand, he is doing it to sort of keep a roof over his family's head. His wife is played by, I didn't write down her name, so don't get too excited, uh, played by, she was uh, Michael Scott's one time, I don't know if they still are, girlfriend on The Office, a blonde girl, oh, he had a couple of blonde girlfriends, sort of the, uh, the not, the not mean one sort of like a quirky, sort of a Michael Scott-esque girl on The Office. Yeah, that's a good way to, to describe it. Uh, she was Paul Giamatti's wife. Also uh, making a appearance, well, he had a, he had a sort of a medium part, medium to smallish part, uh, Mr. Jeffrey Tambor, who uh, I'm a huge fan of since the, uh, the Larry Sanders show, which I used to watch back in the day and have on DVD. Um, also on Arrested Development, he is very, very good. Very funny guy, all around, and carries that on into this movie. This is, uh, it's got comedy elements, but definitely sort of a dark... Oh, you know what they call these? They call these dromedaries. Dromedaries? No, that's a camel. Uh, dromedies. Yeah, yeah, dromedies. Which is a, uh, combination. You guessed it, drama and comedy. So that definitely... This is actually a very good example example of that uh, category, not camel. <laughs> it's not a good example of a camel whatsoever. Everything's going, well, you know what, he's about a couple of days in to taking care of this old man, and then the old man's grandson sort of just pops out of nowhere. The court was looking for the old guy's uh, daughter for like months and months and months and couldn't find her. And then the grandson and eventually daughter just decided to pop back in. I guess maybe because they learned of the money, huh? The daughter of the old man is that sort of money-grubbing bitch. Made me angry at her. Which, as an actress, is good for her. Because that's what she was going for. Her anger. The, uh, really, the, the, the whole sort of thing revolves around... The fact that this kid is a super uh, good high school wrestler. <laughs> uh, I think wrestling is like big in the states. I guess I remember probably in gym class. If I had to guess, we did it for like a week, <laughs> and that was it. It was never spoken of ever again, which was fine with me because that is not exactly a great sport. <laughs> My favorite was dodgeball, if that tells you anything. And uh, there's the old the sort of homoerotic uh, undertones to boys wrestling, which 
Uh, in high school, I did not appreciate whatsoever. <laughs> Nor do I now, for that matter. Which, which is why I don't understand if, and I think it is, wrestling is big in the States. Some States, I don't know. If you are in the States listening to this and are a big wrestling fan, uh, let me know. Is it, is it a thing down there? And this is a real wrestling, not WWF wrestling. This is actual, not fake wrestling stuff. So that's sort of, uh, it, it revolves around that, how this kid is super awesome. He did actually have some cool moves. He was sort of a, what he would describe as a troubled youth. And Paul Giamatti and family seemed to sort of turn him around in a very heartwarming fashion. That was another definite uh, plus for this movie. Very heartwarming. I love to have my heart warmed. So, with that being said, the movie will get uh, four or five. I really enjoyed it. Highly recommend. Win, win. Okay, the next movie was one in which I watched with the missus. It was our uh, Saturday night movie. She actually brought this movie to my attention, said, okay, let's, uh, let's get this one and watch it. I had never heard of it. The movie is called Savages. Uh, that's a good title. I like the sound of it. The movie <laughs> was okay. It was uh, an Oliver Stone joint. Don't uh, He doesn't do many movies lately, so it's good to see him uh, back in action. The uh, three main characters, uh, two guys and one girl, I did not recognize any of them. They're, I don't want to say no-name actors, but I've never seen them before, and I watch a lot of movies. So uh, it was kind of interesting that the three main character roles of this movie were sort of filled by, for lack of a better word, no-name actors, but also included in sort of, uh, let's go, uh, tertiary characters, secondary and tertiary characters, uh, were for some, some big names. John Travolta, Johnny Tease, as I like to call him, um, Benicio Del Toro, who I am a huge fan of. If you have not seen... Um, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. You have to do yourself a favor and uh, definitely see that. That movie is a 5 out of 5. The book, also 5 out of 5. Actually, the book uh, I read probably a month or two ago and uh, highly, highly recommend. It was better than the movie. What? Book better than the movie? I know, I'm crazy. I'm a crazy man. Uh, and also uh, making a, uh, a fairly sizable role is uh, Selma Hayek. Oh, God. So hot. Selma Hayek. Still. Super, super good looking. Huge Selma Hayek fan. And um, she's turning into, not that not to say she always wasn't, she's a very good actress. I, I really like her a lot. She played actually the kind of uh, boss queen pin. <laughs> queen pin. Uh, that's like the, uh, instead of a king pin, she'd be the queen pin of this drug cartel. The whole uh, movie uh, revolves around drugs and uh, drug cartels and gangstery stuff like that, which I know sounds like a great great, uh, great movie. A lot of movies like that are friggin' awesome. This movie, though, it fell a little flat for me. Uh, why don't I just sing that, throw out my rating, 
We're going to go three out of five. It was just, it was good, but I would never probably watch it again. That's, that's what I kind of use threes for. I enjoyed it while watching it, but would not watch it again. That's a three for me. The three main characters, two guys and a girl, all had this kind of weird threesome relationship where they all sort of loved one another and had sex together. <laughs> so that was kind of odd. The uh, One of the guys was an ex-military tough dude. The other was... Uh, he wasn't nerdy, but hippie, hippie-ish, I'll go, yeah, definitely hippie-ish, and sort of the brains behind their super special weed. Like, they they sold weed, and their weed was supposed to be, like, the craziest shit ever, man. Yeah, total, total brain uh, trip and stuff. And the girl was uh, in love with both of them, they were both in love with her, and they all seemed to be okay with this situation. So, good on them, I guess? Uh, I think that right off the bat, I made the prediction that the girl would be kidnapped. <laughs> so, whenever I watch a movie and I make a prediction, I actually like the movie better when I am wrong, because that makes it unexpected. And unexpected in a movie, to me, uh, is actually quite often rare, but when it does happen, it is a beautiful thing. Quite a few things in this movie, you know what, it's funny, the missus never complains, but quite often I'll say, oh, I bet you this happens, and she never says, oh, don't say that, so maybe she doesn't care that I'll quite often make predictions while watching movies, uh, and a lot of them in this movie that I said did happen, which is not so nice. So they, uh, they kidnap the, the girl, the guys, then of course kidnap the, uh, daughter of Salma Hayek, the queen pin, the drug cartel queen pin, and, uh, make an exchange, blah, 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 movie ends. Okay? I'm, I'm, you know what? I'm, that's all I'm gonna give it. I'm not even gonna talk about any, it, it anymore because it does not deserve that. Okay, so the... You know what I'm going to try to do? My plan to do was to get three movies done in the morning and three in the afternoon, which normally I do like two in the morning and have to rush to do four. So the third movie I watched was a uh, Woody Allen joint. <laughs> I think it's only Spike Lee who has joints. Everyone else just makes movies. But we're going to say a Woody Allen joint called um, Manhattan Murder Mystery. Woody Allen is, uh, his movies are, I think they're, they're good, they're kind of weird, and despite saying that they're good and I enjoy them, I think they are overrated. Like, uh, a lot of people, film, film, uh, snob people are always Woody Allen, oh, he's so great, he's the best, and I'm not denying that he makes a good movie, it's just, uh, it's a different kind of movie, which... I think you have to almost be in the right frame of mind to watch. Because quite often it is uh, heavy on the dialogue and not so heavy on the <laughs> everything else. Uh, quite often just people talking is is a, just a large chunk, chunk of the movie. Which, there's nothing wrong with that. It's just I think you can't watch that kind of movie all day, every day. Uh, you'd get you'd get bored with it. That being said, I did uh, I did really enjoy this movie. 
you know what, though? I'm, I am going to give it a three because I don't think I would watch it again. It starred uh, Woody Allen, as his movies, I don't even know if often do, but sometimes do. And uh, Diane Keaton, who also appears in a lot of his movies, also who appears in a lot of his movies, Mr. Alan Alda, from, you may know primarily, from the movie, Ma- or the movie, the TV show MASH, which I just so happen to be in the process of watching right now. So Woody Allen and Diane Keaton are a married couple. They believe that their uh, neighbor killed his wife. <laughs> That's the uh, that's the long and short of it. More accurately, Diane Keaton believes in uh, Woody Allen sort of eventually reluctantly comes along with her opinion. And uh, it's all about that scenario, basically. And throughout it, it's kind of just how their married lives and uh, affairs and I, I think you could even go far as a typical kind of Woody Allen stuff. If you've seen Woody Allen movies and you say typical Woody Allen stuff, you know, that will make sense. If you have not, that will not make sense. Uh, I'd recommend, just sort of in general, to anyone who enjoys movies, to uh, at least get under the belt a couple Woody Allen movies, because there exists the possibility that you will end up uh, loving Woody Allen movies, and it is a sort of style. Definitely, definitely is a style there, which uh, which I do enjoy. I've seen quite a few, and uh, I like his sort of uh, Woody Allen persona, which I don't know how much is faked. That sort of uh, neurotic Jewish New York dude. Anyways, we're at work, and I'm still talking, so I better stop and uh, you know do some work. Love you, cherries. Uh, have, have a good day. Mm, it's difficult. I'm a fool to do your dirty working, working, working. And we're back. We are back. We are back. We are back. We are back. 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 We are back. Back in action. Hello again. That was a slow work day. But my office is nice and tidy. <laughs> uh, it is cold. <laughs> it is cold and dark. It is cold. It is dark. I'm in Canada. A cold, dark Canadian drive home. Uh, to sort of round it out, it is uh, snowing a little bit. So that that aspect of winter is the only thing I really, really do not care for. If it was just a cold, I wouldn't care at all. It's the snow that I don't like. And you know what? Uh, <laughs> like, I'm shivering. <laughs> it's, uh, it's not even the snow that I don't like. It's what the snow does to the roads that I don't like. So to make my drive longer, because I have to drive slower, I am not a fan of. That being said, from uh, the listener's point of view, if this podcast is something that you enjoy... You may uh, you may get more of it in the winter time because it uh, it might occasionally take me longer to get home. Okay, so three movies down, three to go. That's math. We left off with the Woody Allen movie Manhattan Murder Mystery. We are going to move on to we are going to move on to a movie called Comic Book Confidential, a uh, documentary 
Now I am going to admit that I got about, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes into this movie and then realized I had already seen it. So I did watch the rest because uh, I guess to say the movie is memorable is probably not good, but I do. Uh, is probably not accurate, more accurately. Um, but I do, after getting into it, remember enjoying it. And uh, that feeling stuck with me through what I am going to assume is the years that have passed since I last watched it. That's uh, one of the things with being a uh, sort of mass consumer of media, or a consumer of mass media. No, no, I think the first is right. When I uh, consume into my brain so many movies and TV shows and books and internets and video games, uh, sometimes you're going to forget whether you've uh, experienced various medias. And this was the case here. I do actually... It's, it's kind of funny that I don't, for the most part, read comic books. Uh, I have read and always seem to enjoy while reading, but I don't purchase them, I don't, uh, uh, with the exception of Walking Dead, uh, I did, did purchase the omnibus of that, um, but I don't sort of go out of my way to read comic books. Does that make me less of a nerd? Uh, yes, as far as comic books it does. Now the reason I bring up that that is weird is that I do love comic book movies. Not just, uh, you know, your your Avengers or your X-Men's and what have you, but, like, documentaries on uh, comic books, such as this, Comic Book Confidential. There's, there's, a, there's a few out there, and uh, whenever I see them, I always watch them and enjoy them. So uh, uh, that kind of goes hand-in-hand hand with the fact that I don't like sports, but like sports movies. So, why is that? That's weird. I am a weird... Oh. This movie kind of focuses more, I guess you would say, on sort of the the, the classic, the dawn of uh, comic books. Not so much new comic books, what's happening now. Which uh, I like to get a little, uh, little history lesson of comic books and how we arrived at where we are, where we are, where we are at. <laughs> One uh, part in particular that, uh, well, they focus on a, on a lot of sort of what I would consider kind of hippie, hippie comics. Um, when comics first came out, it seemed that they were not so much superheroes. Well, they weren't. That, that did not really exist, but more, uh, like horror stories or detective stories or uh, in the 60s uh, hippie stories like the Fabulous Freak Brothers. The Fabulous Freak Brothers? Yeah. I actually have a copy of a... Uh, what's the comic called? Rip Off? Yeah, I think that's what it's called. A copy of a comic book called Rip Off that has these uh, Fabulous Freak Brothers who apparently in the 60s were a very popular comic with, with the hippie pot-smoking folk. One of the parts that I really enjoyed uh, is when they got somewhat in-depth uh, talking about Mad Magazine, which I was a huge, huge fan of growing up. That was uh, in the 80s, but uh, they talked about its origins, which I can't remember if it was in the 60s or 70s that it got started. 
I actually uh, my the very first uh, the very first tattoo I ever got I cut out of a Mad Magazine. I don't remember if I had a subscription or not, or just bought it a lot. Uh, what I cut out was uh, appeared in a bunch of them. It's basically a smiley face bomb, <laughs> which uh, appealed to me and still does. Uh, definitely not one that I regretted getting. Still like it. Still looks good. So it's a it's a bomb with a smiley face on it. Huh? I think uh, Mad Magazine is still alive and kicking. I'm pretty sure. Of course, they had their uh, television show as well, Mad TV, which was <laughs> kind of for some reason it, it it always seemed to be the the sort of poor man's Saturday Night Live. But I, I'm not saying that to, to mean that it wasn't as funny. I think it was in a lot of ways funnier than Saturday. Saturday Night Live. However, just for some reason didn't pull in quite the audience, I think, that Saturday Night Live does. Which is a shame, because they had a lot of good uh, a lot of good folk on it. Off the top of my head, uh, one of the funniest ones is uh, Will Sasso. He's a very funny dude. Okay, so uh, that moved into TV a bit there. Uh, let's see, the next. Oh, uh, what do we want to say about Comic Book Confidential? It had a uh, very... Uh, well, I don't want to say young Stan Lee, but uh, much younger than he is now. Stan Lee, Jack Kirby, uh, all, all the kind of folk who were there at the dawn of the comic book age, and how basically, I'm not sure if it was the government so much as like teachers or activist groups fought against comic, comic books. Kind of, kind of like how people to some degree now fight against uh, video games and say they're bad for kids and what have you. The movie, we will give a... I'm going to go three out of five. I think maybe when I first watched it, maybe it was a four out of five, but as, as I actually, we've said a couple of times today, we're going to reserve three out of fives for movies that I enjoyed but probably wouldn't watch again. The fact that now I will remember that I've seen this and seen it twice, I probably won't watch it a third time. I don't uh, necessarily think that this particular movie deserves three viewings. However, that being said, if you are a comic book freak and love it and have a giant collection or anything like that, you're, you're what I would classify as a comic book nerd, then you probably could watch this multiple times. It was very well done. Uh, okay, next movie. Next! Ah, this was a uh, strange kind of movie. Uh, indie. Indie movie. Independent, that stands for. It was called uh, This Is England. Available on uh, Canadian Netflix, which I should say, so was Comic Book Confidential, so was Win Win, and what was the other one? Uh, the other one was not. It was available elsewhere. This is England. Took place in, wait for it, England. Yes. Uh, sort of uh, revolved around a uh, young boy. Probably, if I had to guess, not even 13, 12, maybe 13. And uh, how, uh, I think it, it kind of seemed to take place in the 80s. Although... Saying that, the only reason I'm going by that is the fashions. <laughs> so maybe it's just these particular people were a little behind 
in the in the fashions of the day. And he's a schoolboy who's getting kind of bullied around. Uh, people seem to always be picking on him, which I don't really know why. He just looked like a normal, everyday kid. So what's what's the deal? You only pick on different people, don't you? Isn't that how how bullying works? I don't know. I was uh, oddly enough never bullied and never did any bullying. So hmm, little uh, little side note there for you. The kid uh, stumbles along after one of his uh, encounters with a bully and sort of uh, comes across a group of, this is where it gets weird, a group of skinheads, uh, sort of 80s punk Doc Martin wearing skinhead types. And what happens? Violence? Is that what happens? No, they're actually oddly uh, very nice to him and uh, kind of feel sorry for him, and eventually, through a sort of process of being friendly and treating him well and being kind to one another, this kid sorts to end up uh, looking up to these skinheads. (laughs) Now, the the reason that I started off by saying this movie is weird is because one of the skinheads was a Jamaican. (laughs) What? How is that? But wait a second. How do you... Would it... Would it... Uh, yeah, yeah, um, this is something that, uh, made me very, very curious. I, I would have, it would have been something that I would have, you know, looked up online to see if such a thing as non-white skinheads existed, but apparently they do. (laughs) This movie is my only evidence of that fact, so I don't, I don't know how that is, how that is possible. Kind of boggled my mind. Now, the only reason that I think maybe it was in the realm of possibility is that the sort of uh, original, we'll call them group of skinheads, that included this uh, Jamaican guy uh, were all sort of nice to one another and got along and treated this kid right. But then another skinhead who uh, was in prison and recently released sort of came along and then slowly kind of turned this <laughs> I can't believe I'm saying this turn this nice group of skinheads into uh, what more you would think of uh, as your not (laughs) nice skinheads. So that was a shame to happen. And the uh, the group sort of uh, splintered along two two lines. The nice group of non-racist skinheads, however that is possible, and then the uh, not nice guy released from prison attends uh, meetings in which, uh, I guess you would say politicians talk about how immigrants are taking over England and they should be able to be deported, uh, that sort of faction of skinheads. The kid, sadly, goes with the not-nice ones, which was kind of weird. It had to do, uh, they explained it somehow, had to do with the Falcon Island Wars, in which his father was killed, and blah, blah, blah sort of uh, almost seemed to brainwash him a little bit. Falkland, uh, the Falkland Wars, that's always something that's kind of uh, interesting to me because you don't, uh, at least here in Canada, and I assume in the States, you never really hear anything about that. Like, I, I know virtually nothing about the Falkland Wars. I know it was between England and Argentina, I believe, because that's where the Falklands are. Who owns it now? I don't know. Now, that is something I could search on uh, Google and find out, I'm sure, but uh, I did not. 
should I say how the movie ended? No, uh, I kind of want to. Yeah, what the hell. So, um, spoiler warning, the, uh, the bad skinhead guy is sort of, uh, he seems to be turning a leaf, almost, you would say, and is, is nice and ends up hanging out with the Jamaican skinhead, <laughs> the Jamaican skinhead, and, uh, they seem to be getting along, and talking about uh, their families and how, uh, well, you know what they do. They smoke a little weed, which can quite often bring people together uh, harmoniously. Allegedly. Allegedly, you can do that. Uh, So they're sitting around talking about their families, and basically it it almost seemed out of nowhere the returned-from-prison skinhead just kind of loses it, uh, drops an N-bomb, and the Jamaican guy just sort of stares him down and smiles. And um, when you are angry and someone stares and smiles at you, it is not going to improve your uh, your mood, your disposition. So he uh, beats him to death in front of the little kid. So that was pretty rough. And uh, that's basically how it ended. And I think that circumstance made it so that the kid... Uh, turned his back on the skinheads and became, once again, a normal member of society. So, good on him. The last movie, which I better speed up a bit. Oh, uh, yeah. The last movie I watched is actually a play. Now, I did not go see a play. I have uh, actually never been to see a play. And it's not, uh, it's not exactly something that I would go out of my way to do. I think uh, Spam-A-Lot, the play Spam-A-Lot, that might have been something that I would have enjoyed. But uh, I'm not exactly a play guy. Uh, that being said, I thought I would try a little something different, which uh, is important to do every once in a while. Go out there and expose yourself. Well, don't go out and expose yourself. You don't want to do that. Go out there and uh, expose yourself to uh, different things. And the movie that was uh, I don't even want to say based on a play. The movie that is a play is uh, The Producers. The uh, Sort of the reason that I thought I would not hate this is that oh shit forgot to give a uh, This Is England a rating. I'm going to go 4 out of 5. Okay, the reason I thought I would not hate this is because on uh, the show Curb Your Enthusiasm with Larry David, there was a whole season where Larry was uh, in the play The Producers as, uh, I forget who he played, the, uh, the guy who in the movie was played by Nathan Lane. Uh, Bialystok or Bloom? One of those two names. So, um, and it's uh, done by Mel Brooks. Mel Brooks I friggin' love. So I thought maybe I wouldn't hate it. But, <laughs> well, I'll just throw up my rating. I'm going to give it a 2 out of 5. It's just I, I couldn't get into it, really. It's guys singing. <laughs> just musicals. I, I don't know. I don't think I could do musicals. I've, uh, have I tried? Yeah, I've tried doing musicals, and they never, uh, they never work out. <laughs> I just don't like them. Like, even if they're about subjects that I really like, it kind of, I, I, I don't think they're going to ever appeal to me. But I try. It's like, uh, 
every uh, every couple of years, my dad would uh, have liver and onions at a restaurant. And, uh, every couple of years, I'd, I'd try it, just to say, you know what, I still don't like it. Which I think is kind of what I do with musicals. I still do not like them. The story was, uh, you know what, I like the story. I like the actors within it, uh, Nate. Matthew Broderick, Will Ferrell made an appearance, Uma Thurman, a lot of uh, good names, a lot of funny people, even some funny parts. It's just the singing. <laughs> I can't do it. I don't know why. My, my brain just does not like it. Which is weird, too, because, oh, you know what? Uh, there is one case where it was a TV show where they sang, and I did enjoy it. It was uh, an episode of Buffy called Once More with Feeling, in which they uh, were magically forced, basically, to sing throughout the whole thing. And that I really enjoyed. In fact, even have uh, I even have the audio of it on my phone. So, there you go. <laughs> that threw a whole monkey wrench into the hating musicals every time. Ah, you know what that is then? That is the exception to prove the rule. Aha! Folks, we are done. We are at home. Hope you enjoyed the episode. It is nice to be nice to the nice. Thank you for listening. This has been another edition of the Lackadaisical Libra Cubicle Wrist. We here in the Liberal Cube would love to hear from you. If for any reason you would like to contact us, you can do so via the email address. Mailwood.jordan at gmail.com And now I have a theory. I've got a theory that it's a demon, a dancing demon. Something isn't right there. I've got a theory. The best is yet to come and babe, won't it be fine? You think you've seen the sun, but you ain't seen it shine. Wait till the warm-up's underway Wait till our lips have met Wait till you see that sunshine day You ain't seen nothing yet The best is yet to come and be Won't it be fine? The best is yet to come, come the day you're mine Live long and prosper.